Hello, everyone. Welcome Lights to... Lights up when you hit record. Look at it! <laughs> All right. Continue. <laughs> we have, I have a new toy. New toys. <laughs> I... one, one more time. Okay. Hello. Without feeling. Okay. <laughs> Just completely monotone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bashing Flicks. German accent. Come on. It was Hello, like, everyone. Welcome to Bashing Flicks. Actually, it's you have false. to do it silent film style. <laughs> Which is great radio. Just mouth noises. <laughs> oh. You want some headphones for that, Jeff? I'm sure you'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I had to screw it up, man. No, right, but, now, but now. It wouldn't be a, an intro without. It's a new it. year. It's a new me. Mm. Here we go. Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, the film appreciation podcast that plays favorites. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And we've got in the studio for our grand return, actually let's call it the grand continuation, because it's the yes. same series we left off on ages ago. But we we never leave a man behind. So this time we brought we brought him ahead with us. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's late in the day and I'm tired. I would like to uh, introduce to all of you. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. It is the one, the only, the Jeff Morgan. I've been here the whole time. Just what? being quiet. Like, come on, talk about <laughs> talk about discipline, not just yammering into the microphones. Uh, we're back, everybody, and we're back strong, dude. What a what a flick to come back. No on. kidding. Uh, it's been a hot second. We are, it's like, well, the last one we released was July. It yes. is going to be October in like three days. It's been a... I hope everyone had a great summer. It's been a, it's been a summer. A yeah. lot has happened for every, every single person at this table. Everyone. has just been fucking head down, <laughs> eyes closed, ignore the eldritch horrors and move yeah. forward with your life one day at a time. Yep, yep. Is there, is there a mythical chanting in the hallway? <laughs> there, no, no. There's a wake up and you're like, oh, it's tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Why cool. is the door on the <laughs> ceiling? Can One more down. <laughs> One more down. Here comes fall. And uh, spoilers, fall doesn't get any easier because two of us work at wineries and hey. harvest just started. I know. I was asking Carl. I was like, oh, is that a better? T-? He's like, no. Harvest. I, was like, I was like, oh, it must be nicer this time. He's like, no. Uh, nope. It's a it's a fun and exhilarating time of year, but yes. it does not get easier. No. It's like here comes, you know, one and a half acres of fruit and then tomorrow we're gonna get two and a half acres of fruit i don't know where it is like winery talk really quick but i don't know how it is at your place but uh based on everything we're hearing from the growers our harvest is gonna be like three days where all the fruit comes in from everyone yeah it's gonna be pretty pretty nuts (laughs) it's like gangbusters up there right now they're like getting the cots ready in the cellar for like all night like all right you get you sleep for half an hour and you crawl into the shit it's It's gonna be like uh watch rotation on a submarine basically yes yeah. yeah i just i just did a documentary uh shoot with a with a with a migrant worker who she saved up enough money to buy a food truck and is now like supporting her family through like this taco mm-hmm. food truck and it's like really awesome aspirational story and she's doing really awesome but yeah they work at a winery and they have they have fields that they can't afford to have cleared like mm-hmm. like the the grapes or whatever are just going to go to waste because they don't have enough yeah you got it to get it done in time or something well yeah you can do like we a lot of times just to like get the fruit off the vines when it's ready and when it's ready it's like you know ready yeah. yeah it's not like well we'll get this in the neck over the course of the next couple of days when your fruit is ready to go you got to get it off the vine yeah mm-hmm. so a lot of times our seller guys will like go out or they'll they'll hire like f- like freelance laborers to yeah. just roll out and like hit it but 
yeah, if you if you don't have the capital, everyone yeah. thinks like like Madonna had a winery it just sold actually, but mm-hmm. like Madonna's dad had a winery up here, and I feel like a lot of people. I'm not saying this is the case with hers, but like you see like famous people jump in and like yeah. buy a winery because they're like, oh, this will be like a fun side gig. I don't think people yeah. realize like how close to disaster oh, yeah. a winery runs at like any given moment. This is really helping my anxiety. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. But, it's, but uh, the wineries it, we work at are no, not no, that yeah. way. They're no, just that fucking like t- p- towers of gold, oh, of you know? Like mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. wade through the like stacks of money to get even to the changing room to get my shoes on for shift. So <laughs> funny. Is there, is, yeah, is there anything more Tool or Maynard James Keenan than him opening up a winery in Arizona desert his, where it's like a fucking nightmare and he's trying to get it to like cool. work. Yeah. Our, our it's just wi- like, I'm going to do it the hardest way possible. Right. Yeah. You know, the one that I, the winery I work at did a, during 2020, during the pandemic did a zoom conference where our winery owner, I don't know. Have I ever mentioned before where I work? I don't think I have, oh, but the, the winery owner got on a zoom call and did like a zoom call with Maynard James. Really? Keenan. Yeah. For oh, like, for our God. wine club members, like people tuned in and the, this are the owner and Maynard like talked about wine for two hours. Did he, did he tolerate any music questions? Did anybody even yeah. bother? Yeah. Oh my God. Like he? that's, okay. it's like, all right. So does anyone have any questions about like uh vinifera that do well in desert climate? It's just, it was like, what were you thinking when you wrote lateral out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Changed my life, man. You know? And he's like, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't have any cartilage left in my knees or hips from stomping on the stage. I just want to talk about wine. wine now. Yeah. Or, no, he was so cool and That's so laid back. Like, yeah. really, really good dude. Yeah. Um, you know who is not a good dude's? Most of the people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have oh, a, correct. Yeah. I oh didn't have gosh. a good segue. No, that's so. a great segue, yeah. So let's... Uh, you know who's not Maynard James Keenan? <laughs> most of the <laughs> most actors of the, in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's the biggest difference between Maynard James Keenan and most of these people? Most of these people are dead. Because <laughs> this movie is very old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what we're talking about today... Uh, I don't know, for listeners, it's been like, you know, a year since you heard us talk, so in case you forgot, we're in the middle of just Jeff Morgan blowing our minds with, mm-hmm. like, movies that we all knew in our heads, like, we should probably watch yeah. these and consider them seriously. Uh, so the, I think we left off with Yojimbo. We had just seen Yojimbo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ages ago. Yeah. And, uh... And then we tried to do this one once or twice, but that was at the beginning of summer, yep. and that was when like the tsunami was hitting us mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. all were like, let's just come back to this. Yeah. Right. So we're finally back around to 1927's Metropolis. Have I got a treat for all of you today? I feel like I've been slacking with the trailers for these past couple episodes and, you know, scheduling conflicts with my parole officer is some of that, sure. But still, I feel like I've been letting you down. I mean, Max pays me very poorly, but you guys are awesome and I want to come correct for you, you know? So I got out into the field and this episode, I did the research. I did the legwork, which this time was not kidnapping. No unlawful imprisonment involved, nothing at gunpoint. And I was stone sober for most of, for, for, for some of it, I wasn't drunk, but I went down to Argentina and I hung out outside the film Institute there for a couple weeks, go through their trash after dark and with nothing but fly blown chicken salad, flaccid go-gurt tubes and loops of vintage porno off the cutting room floor to show for it, I might add, until I broke in one night to use the shitter, and while I was in the process of leaving an upper decker in the bathroom around the corner from the restoration bays, I found two film canisters, double plastic bagged and duct taped to the inside of the toilet tank. And one of them was more vintage porn, but the other was the original 1926-27 film trailer for Metropolis. 
So, uh, don't say I never did anything for you. Let's roll the tape. Amazing! Oh, for the historicity alone, that trip was worth it. Um, best of all, Rick Astley looks great in this flick. So without any further ado, uh, check this movie out and enjoy the episode. Directed by Fritz Lang, script and the original novel upon which this film is based by, I think it's Thea von Harbo. Because I think TH in German is like a T sound, but it might also might be th- but I think it's Taya. So I think it's Taya Von Harbo. Who, who knows? She's who knows? dead. They're all dead. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting defensive about it's this. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's been... We're here together. <laughs> Sometimes names are hard. It's okay. I, I kind of like being lower, too, because I feel like, uh, like the <laughs> child acting out. Like, they're all dead, Jeff. What do you give a shit? Now, now. None of that language, yeah, young man. Table. You, you can't... You you've can't had s- too much water. You can't see it, but I'm sitting... Well, the way we're sitting at Carl's table, there are these mountainous stacks of games that Jeff and Carl have their mics mounted on. And I'm about a foot and a half shorter than both of them, like sitting at like the kids' table. And I came yeah. over and I'm like, I saw a movie. You guys want to talk about it? It's really cool. It's really? black and white. It's silent. No one talks. This in movie it. is not child appropriate. There's no. so many breasts in this. We should we should get this out of the way at the top. Mm. Do you guys know what version you watched? Because there's oh. about seven different cuts of this movie. I think I watched it's like, the it's Criterion worse than, one. Mine was you, watched Criterion. Watched Criterion. Yeah. Yeah. you watched Criterion. You watched Criterion. But that which which still means <laughs> that there was like lots of different. Uh, qualities of different scenes. Some of them were recovered Very from 16mm. Yes, Some yeah. of them were like picked up off the floor at some place mm-hmm. and scratchy. Fuck all the wild. We'll and get a couple into black it. frames with describing it. Yeah. So yep. like, yeah. So it's it's very tricky to find the best version. Typically, yeah, I went to Reddit for this and usually the Reddit film people are insufferable but also very good. Mm-hmm. They're, they're insufferable because they know so much right, and that's yeah. what you want. Like us. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That's what you listen for. That's how you know they're good. It's like, oh God, what a prick. Well, all right. Well, Two more hours of this. Good information, though. I guess I should keep listening. I watched the version I watched. I did not watch the Criterion version. Um, I, I have seen the Criterion cut, but that was like ages ago when we first talked about it. I went back today to rewatch mm-hmm. it, and it's no longer up on the channel. So I went and bought it on Voodoo. Uh, Voodoo has what's called The Complete Metropolis. Oh, okay. um, The Complete Metropolis is the two hour and 34, two hour, 30, Ooh. two hour, 28 minute cut. It's whatever that is, like two and a half. Um, and that, this is like one of the reasons this film is so legendary and Mm -hmm. so like sought after by cinephiles is because until relatively recently, 2008, and that's not even when it was released. That's when the new footage was found. Right. This movie was famously very heavily edited and uh, censored by the German government when it was first released in 1927. So there is actually a one hour and 23 minute cut of this movie. The more typical version you see around is two hours and three minutes. I think that's the one I saw. Two hours and three? I think so. That feels like the runtime that I yes. saw. It was, like, it was just over ah. two hours. 157, 203. Yeah. Okay, so the version that I watched, gentlemen, is The Complete Metropolis. It's two hours and 30. Um, but same thing that you guys were talking about. It's So this is the really 
this is the really cool thing about Metropolis. I mean, aside from the content of the film, which mm-hmm. is astounding. It's amazing. The backstory is really cool and kind of like paranoia-inducing, too, in a great way. Um, so in 2008, what's called a complete cut, Fritz Lang's original edit of the film was discovered in Buenos Aires, yeah. Argentina. Wow. Let's think about this for a second. Movie comes out in 27 in Germany. And then it disappears after it's heavily edited. But the final version of the film, which until, when I was a kid, I remember hearing about this. I, my dad and I went to an anime convention and they did a panel on Metropolis. Wow. This would be like 2006. I was about 16. So this is before the footage had been discovered. And what we were told was it was presumed destroyed in World War yeah. II. So they're like, yeah, the archives all got bombed and burned. So mm-hmm. like what we've got is what we've got. And it's a, it's a famous lost masterpiece. And then... Carl, do you remember where it was that all the all those like Nazi war criminals were supposed to have escaped from uh, World like War II? Like Buenos Aires. Was it like? like was it? There well, was, well, the, there's that movie. Right. Ira Levin wrote that book. The boys from right. Brazil. And then right. was it Argentina, Argentina? Where they were supposed yeah, to? Huh. <laughs> so this lost masterpiece is discovered in the place where all the Nazi war criminals were supposed yeah, that's to. That's weird. Zip off to eh? I don't know. Is My it, that, as soon as I read Buenos I, Aires, said, I was like, "Wait, zip um, off!" And I thought you were speaking of, like something in German. But you know, say zip off to Argentina. I would never use the what. I mean, that's a German term. Now for, I have the entire soundtrack of Evita in my head. <laughs> hey, oh, did, second question: Did you guys listen? Buckle to this? in, motherfucker. This is going to be a podcast. <laughs> as a silent, silent, silent film. Or no, I had. Uh, you had a I, score. Yeah, I had a score, which which I liked, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Were you you were silent, or did I, you I have was, a score as well? I had a score. I didn't. Dude, what about you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My my cuts at the beginning. It says it was like, a very loud score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big classical music, yeah, yeah, yeah. quite booming, kind of Wagner-esque. Yeah, a yeah. little, a little overly happy, like they were at the time, you know. Which sure. is, but in a good way. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I also had it with a score. Um, the first time I watched it, the Criterion cut. I believe the Criterion cut is either the Criterion cut or the first time I watched it on Tubi. But the first cut I watched just played it as a silent film without a score. Wow, Ooh. that was actually a cool experience. But I do prefer it with a score as well. Sure. Um, so. This was pain. So a lot of what they got, Jeff mentioned, a lot of what they got in 2008 was in shitty condition. Mm-hmm. It's on 16 millimeter film stock, bad, bad shape. Um, the other interesting thing. I when, might have seen that version then because I had a lot of that. Well, that's. And, that, and, it was, and the stuff that was scratchy in my version was recovered from Argentina. Sure. So I'm wondering. I, I don't know. We'll get into it when yeah, we talk. Yeah. If I start saying shit and you're like, well, what? And, and here's, the thing, here's what I'm actually in my head. I'm, I'm saying that out loud. What I'm trying to do is kind of preface the fact that. There may be things that we don't because the movie is so trippy. Yeah, it's it hard to hold the narr- like. I mean, it's an amazing movie. Yeah, but it's if you're like, oh, remember the really trippy scene? I'll be like, which one? Which one? You know, mm-hmm. and and so yeah, it's you can kind of be like uh, the movie is kind of like secretly Total Recall. <laughs> yeah, you know, like kind of gives these people air. You are drowning them in the floodwaters. You right. know, or, it's also like going through Total Recall. Like if you actually experience that in real life, it's like that kind <laughs> well, of really, trip. We'll get into this, but this movie kind of secretly, I think a lot of what's, what's interesting is when you look at the scratchy shit, which yeah. is what is edited out of the original, mm-hmm. of the original theatrical release, it's not what you would think. No. All the titties are still in place. Right. All the, there's like all the like upper lower classes, like yep. clashing stuff. The like pseudo communist rhetoric yeah. is all still there. What they're, what is mostly cut out is scenes of like mobs of people or people like suffering, which I think is really interesting because we did this when we watched um, 12 O'Clock High. This is 1927. So this is pre-World War II. Yeah. But 
this is nine years after World War One, right? right? Which is 1918. I think they're cutting out stuff that would be traumatic to the German populace. Stuff oh. that looks like shit that happened See, during the war. I came into it with pretty fresh. It's pretty yeah. fresh. Less than a decade. And there's already things getting a little bit hot leading up. Yeah, to sure. What's going to be the next world? Well, war. yeah, down in down in Japan, but and Germ- but and Germany's in their reconstruction period yep, right yep. now. They're in total turmoil, mm-hmm. uh, and their economy's in the shitter, which is yeah. crazy when you look at like this movie. Clearly, costs a lot oh, yeah. of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all kind of interesting. And then, um, so because the footage that's recovered is not a projection print, mm-hmm. but a 16 millimeter print, there are chunks of this movie. You're, you're watching it in full frame, you know, like it's the square old timey movie. And, but then there are scenes and you can see because there's all the film, the scratches mm-hmm. show back up and shit. But then you lose like, dunk, maybe like a tenth off the top mm-hmm. or maybe an eighth of your frame off the top and it reformats itself to 16 millimeter to maintain the horizontal aspect ratio yeah. right. of the footage. So your aspect ratio changes as they cut in the 16 millimeter stuff and all of the title cards were lost, but the film people were able to reconstruct those interstitial title cards from German censorship records that showed oh my God. we cut out this, this title thing. card and this title card. So without that censorship, well, the film would have been complete. complete. But yeah, yeah. We, would, we would have had but a complete yeah. projection cut <laughs> that was immaculate. And that no, but that kind of makes like I actually kind of liked that. Yeah, I could tell when I was watching the cut footage or whatever mm-hmm. because it gave another layer to watching it to saying like why was this wow. out? Why mm-hmm. was this back in? And it going through that filtration of of censorship. Yeah, it, it's really it, it is as much part of the story as what they wrote at it, this point. It makes a really cool watching experience too because it's it's like the it's the very nature of art. Whatever we could have gotten if Germany hadn't censored this in 1927 or whatever, that's not what Metropolis is. The piece of art that is Metropolis now in 2023 is what we all watched. Mm -hmm. So like taking it as that in the state that it's in becomes in a way like part of the story that you're watching. You know, like there's like pseudo fascistic overtones to the let's call them like the the upper crust Mm -hmm. of this world so seeing them control information and manipulate things and like manipulate messages that get down to the lower classes and stuff and then to see that a film that that happened to is kind of cool as well and then also there's this really interesting thing that happens in this movie because there are still big chunks of it that are completely lost as of now you know like who knows? Will we ever find these? There's like four missing scenes. And what you get is a black title card with some text that's just mm-hmm. like, and then what happens is this guy runs into the church and he yep. fights this other guy and that guy gets knocked down. And then the Maria escapes and then he runs back upstairs and then boom. And then it takes you back into the movie because that shit is just it's absent. Gone. That's really cool too. Mm-hmm. Like, I've I've never seen a movie before where they're like, and then this other stuff happens, but like (laughs) we actually can't show that to you. So use your imaginations, and now we're back. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting because like there are those rare (laughs) movies that are less about the movie, but they're about who you watched them with at the time. Kind of the Monty Python movies are that way. Who you or or, um, Toxic Avenger or (laughs) some of these like kind of like really weird. You're like. Doom Generation is one that always comes to mind where it's like more of a movie you inflict on other oh people. And oh uh, and so like this kind, not not like that, but this has that feeling too of it's like, yeah, it's as much part of the story as anything and maybe better for it, maybe better for having that at least. It forces you to have a perspective on history and when it was made. It puts the movie in you its context. To. Yeah, because yeah, you're constantly reminded. Yeah, like Citizen Kane, I mean, which holds up, you know, phenomenally, but you, you don't have to do any research. You can no, just watch it. You don't have to know about Hearst or anything like sure, that. But, sure, sure. But this one... 
You really do. You have to. Yeah, like that. You can. You could watch this movie without knowing anything about it, and you'd just be like, kind of baffled. I think. Yeah. But when you know about it going into it, it, it one, it makes it easier to overlook the like change in quality because yeah. you just understand what it is. You're right, like, oh, you okay, get here's the, why that's. And happening. you almost become grateful for it. You see the grain, and you're like, oh, thank God, I never would have seen any of this. Right, right. Like how cool, amazing. And some of the some of the reinserted like cut shit is really awesome. Oh yeah. Um. Like some of the some of the um, like the an- the android the they call it the mechanical man mm-hmm. like some of that those light effects where it's changing into Maria is cut footage yeah so like we would have lost all of that wow. which is really great speaking of movies that we inf- you inflict on people it is <laughs> it is spooky season I wanted to throw this out there because Bird and I were talking about this movie the other day 2008 it's this I I'm hesitant to even recommend it to people but oh no but like there's something about this movie that once you've seen it it doesn't ever leave you have you guys seen dead girl yes Mm-mm. i loved it is it's a fucking aw- have you seen it no it is it's a, an amazing compromising it, it is a really harrowing yeah but, uh, but, but in a good way yeah yeah okay so so dead girl definitely like trigger warnings about sexual abuse assault for and stuff sure like that. it's a but, it's a really interesting take yeah, on but, rape revenge but okay. this isn't um irreversible or something where you're like living in a world of sexual assault for like minutes or or hours at a time sure but but this is this is like it's almost like i'm which which now we're talking about but it's almost you got to a little bit it's almost like the people who made those teenage like um coming of age stories with boobs and everything you know in the 90s grew up (laughs) yeah and just stayed with those people a little bit longer right 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 you know like and now you're like what if they found a dead girl and it's like fast it's like what it's like fast times at ridgemont high what happens next like a couple of those characters like go to an insane the the basic premise is this a two like a couple of uh, high school kids go to a an abandoned mental asylum and they find a girl strapped to a table who cannot die oh fuck that's the beautiful girl Okay. A beautiful girl, which is relevant to the story. Yeah, it is. It is because it's it's part of what. Yeah, part of the plot becomes like, well, no girls are giving these guys the time of day, and they're both kind of losers, and one of them's got a vicious streak. But like, I was there's another film fan friend of ours, uh, and Bird and I were like, she recommended a couple movies, and we were like, what do we recommend back? And then we, I just kind of like said it. I'm like, what about? dead girl and bird was like i was thinking about it today too but then we were both like can you even tell someone to watch that shit it's like it's there's something about that movie but listener if you watch the trailer if you watch the trailer and you're okay with what you see in the trailer you should watch it yeah if what if you watch the trailer and you're like fuck that stay away from it but if you can handle it dead girl is a really amazing independent film now, <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> let's, Speaking of which, let's dive on into Metropolis. You have a cast list for me, real quick. I do. Give me the greatest hits in your best yeah. German accent. All right. <laughs> uh, Bridget Helm, <laughs> Maria, Gustav Freulich, Freder, Fritz Rasp, The Thin Man, Alfred Abel, John Frederson, Rudolf Klein Rogue, C.A. Rotwang. 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 Uh, Heinrich George is Grot, and it goes on from there. Lots of, I mean, there's people like Irwin. Bisswanger, another great name, <laughs> is uh, 11811. That is, is that his Irwin name. Pisswanger? Pisswanger. Okay. Bisswanger. So we got a Rotwang. We got a Rotwang and a Pisswang. Yeah, hmm. Pisswanger. 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 Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, Jeff, you transported me to overseas. Did you study? In, <laughs> I did. I'm in fluent. A few in... years in college, mm-hmm. I, I imagine. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I love that this movie starts with an epigram. It is like a novel. 
It's, you know, in 1927, oh, yeah. like, this is pretty early on in filmmaking. This is around the time Frankenstein comes out. Mm. Um, so, you know, you're seeing some of the German expressionist stuff, which is all over early cinema. The Germans are huge visual pioneers for what the, the medium of cinema is going to be. You still get some of that cool, like, 1920 to 1935 thing where it kind of looks at times like you're just shooting a play. Right. Yes. Because, right. you know, like if you think about it, that is the visual medium that Very film so. is evolving out right. of. Oh, so yeah. it's like, all right, we put everybody on the screen and then we watch them do stuff. And mm-hmm. we're not yet to the spot. The blocking where, is very right. much a upstage, downstage. Yeah. Left, right yeah. Sort of situation. Yeah. In the, and in the best way, too. Like it's we were talking about it with uh, Dark City, our first one. Mm-hmm. Like there is a benefit later on. It becomes more um, new, no more elegant. The mm-hmm. use of like that thea- that theater style yeah. blocking where you have deep focus. Put everybody on screen, but do it with right. depth yeah. rather than like let's shoot a super wide of the stage and everybody. Why is everyone you know, standing in a fucking line? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, well, and it's funny because then when close-ups do happen, they're more shocking because right. they're so far in between. Then all of a sudden they come ram in for a close-up of somebody having a traumatic incident. And you're like, whoa. There's something mm. I really love about. The, I mean, obviously, but like there's there's something I really love about the way that this movie is shot. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's shot really effectively, and it's it. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that we don't see anymore in movies because you just do it with CGI because it's right. kind of dangerous or it's so expensive. But mm-hmm. we get huge like ensemble crowd stunts. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Oh Stuff my God. that would not happen to No, you. you'd never do like the scene where like all those kids like up to their necks in water like clinging to this yeah. one actress and you've got like 50 of them. Yeah. Never shoot that today. No. Someone's going to drown and then you're in trouble. But in 1927 in Germany, you're like, we only lost three children. Yeah. <laughs> Not so bad. Let's do one more. <laughs> um, so like just just to the overall world of Metropolis, it's supposed to be 2026. Oh, fun. so this is coming oh, out. Oh, that's been wow. Yeah, three years from now. Um, so in 2026, this guy, uh, Yo Freider, uh, Freiderson, Yo Freiderson has figured out how to create essentially a technological utopia called Metropolis. If you've seen Akira or Doomed Megalopolis or mm-hmm. any of the Tokyo megacity shit where you have like, you know, upper city, lower city, city. built on city, built on yeah. city, this is Metropolis. This is above, so below kind of shit. There's, we owe this movie, this movie we owe a huge debt for 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. We would never have Blade Runner without oh, this yeah. movie. Like, it's totally a seminal work um star wars yeah sure yeah yeah the the way that it's shot for sure but like and its concepts are Mm -hmm. are also but also timeless too but so you have a big giant mega city up above where the rich live in the it's what's called the eternal gardens and i love that that i love that what they think what uh what fritz lang is like if you if you had like rich people who were super wealthy and they lived in like a country club permanently Mm -hmm. What would they do? Probably like focus on their physical fitness and run track all day and and perfect themselves into like this Ubermensch style, like um like perfection. No way would they just sit around with vats of wine turning into Java the Hutt as young girls rubbed creams into their body, you know, and burned money in giant pits while they destroyed the planet. Probably what they would be doing is getting six pack abs. Well, that's a good point because I didn't think about that until you just mentioned it, but they did. They, this isn't a utopia. A lot of times now, like your Blade Runner utopias or your Akira or whatever, your other ones are, they have a dark, uh, line through them that you're like, oh, something's not right. This one, they really did try to make it like, no, this is like the height of 
human civilization, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's in shape, everybody's happy, learned, whatever. Sure. Yeah. So it makes the juxtaposition more jarring. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting. Somebody pointed out once there's this theory that the reason that our world continues to like develop towards dystopia is because so much of our literature is about dystopias and there are so few pieces of literature that are actually about utopias there's actually the ones that are usually end up spinning that utopia (laughs) on its head where it's always like oh that was a veneer that was covering the actual horror that was existing or like the utopia described the famous example is brave new world so brave new world is an actual utopia like crime is gone most people are living like happy lives and the underclasses are genetically engineered so that they don't really suffer they don't realize that they're the underclass they just live this life that Mm -hmm. they've been engineered to live but the the thing that you get with brave new world is you introduce somebody who essentially has our morals and values and you realize how horrific a utopia is so like that's huxley's genius twist on that in this world you're like you know you see the the above ground metropolis and you're like god damn well this is this is pretty great and everyone seems to be doing pretty well and the the but the but i think it's important that the movie starts you not in the eternal gardens but shows you well, it starts you with the epigram. The mediator mm-hmm. between brain and hands must be the heart. Yeah. And the first thing they show you is the hands. And the, you see the working class. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things we see, you get this the cool like juxtaposed fly eye split up machinery. Yeah. You know, you almost, it's almost like you're, you're heading into like a music video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the multiple exposures and yeah. Uh, and then we get the whistle. There's this there's this whistle that just sounds the shift change, and the first you don't even see you see all the machinery, but you don't see the people working it until the shift change. And the shift change tells you everything about the shift they just worked. There's these two gates, and with these two let's call them cattle chutes running to them, and the gate there's there's dudes getting off an elevator, and there's dudes leaving the factory. And I would like to point out that they're locked in. Yeah, so. The, the prison gates go up and the cattle shoots start an operation and you the shift change is crazy. The new workers walk in at a march and everyone's in lockstep. It's... Heads up, shoulders back. Heads mm-hmm. up, shoulders back, unsoiled, light gray, although depending on the grade, it can look like they're all wearing black, essentially. Right. But in some grades, you can tell that one of them are in like clean, pressed, good uniforms. And then the people who are leaving the shift are also in lockstep, but this is like plod, plod. Mm-hmm. shoulders rounded, heads mm-hmm. down, but they're still in that mechanized like worker bee plod, yeah. which is really interesting. Um, that clockwork unison is pretty fucked. And also that when you see them get into the, um, the elevator that actually takes them down, they go down a long yeah. way. It's um, it's it's pretty fucking wild. And we get we get some cool kind of like innovated. Normally with these black and white films, silent films, you just get the title like the inter. Uh, what are they called? Uh, like interstitial oh. cards where it's like, right. blah, blah 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 blah. Bill, what are you doing with my daughter? Right. Or like the underground city. In this one, we get the workers' city. Right is and it's like scrolling you down the screen as their elevator like goes lower and lower and lower like seeing that in 27 i was like that's like basically the same as Gollum. look how <laughs> oh, impressive yeah. that oh, fucking yeah. visual effect is um 
and it takes you down to like their sh- their deep horrid underground city and then you watch them all like stream out and this is i thought i found this really cool on second watching they all there's a bunch of elevators that all reach the underground city at the same time and they all come out and they form these like five streams kind of all heading for like city center where i assume they're gonna like hey how's it going bill what's up and then go to their various homes about an hour later in the movie you see those same streams again but it's during the Tower of Babel section, mm-hmm. and you're seeing the bald, the bald-headed, like loincloth slaves moving in that same pattern towards that central location, and then they're walking straight towards you off the screen. Yeah, which is like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like establishing like patterns of movement and mm-hmm. like using recurring blocking to like reinforce points. Right. So cool. Uh, the next thing we see is you know, but basically like the move the you know the title cards are like. Meanwhile, as things are super shitty down in the city down here, <laughs> let's go up top. Side. Up above, and then once again we get, and here's our here's our first, well, the first that I noticed, our first triangle where you get, uh, uh, but while the city of the workers, and you get these longer lines where our ascent literally takes us That's up peak. to the peak of yep. a pyramid. And here we are watching, like, you know, I imagine Jeff Bezos runs a 400-meter dash against Elon Musk (laughs) and the others, like, at least once a day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's not not that long into the movie that we get our first nipples, guys. Which, I know you were both waiting for it, so. I don't remember remember nipples. You're shitting me. I remember tassels. There's so many boobies. You mentioned There's lots of boobies. But I don't remember, like, boobies. There's no, okay. tassels. All right. I don't know what cut you guys watched. Because you even mentioned tassels in the text message. You did. And the tassels are great. But I was like, well, what about the, like, the bare breasts? Okay. I... So in the beginning, when they're in the garden. In the beginning. <laughs> well, guys, this is pretty biblical shit. Yeah, there's yeah, man no. and then there's woman. And she was made from his rib. And then no. God was like, that's kind of boring. What we need. Our boobies. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, so, no. <laughs> so, um. No, it's it, basically while the while all the men folk are running their 400 meter dashes, we have like the let's let's call them the vapid peacock ladies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's what they are. Yeah. You know, we have this like garden filled with like r- women in flowing sheer gossamer gowns. Yep. And when I say sheer, I mean this here is where you see the boobs, guys. Yeah. Man. All right, we'll watch it again. Well, no, but okay, but to, to this point, then this yeah. is this is one of my first serious notes. Was this that I found very actually? I my note was that was this actually that um, uh, uh, boundary pushing for right. Germany because I felt like it was fairly chaste, and I actually felt like it was maybe one of the earliest criticisms of the male gaze that I've ever, like because it wasn't mm. played up. It was played up to be critical of it. Absolutely, it wasn't played up to be like the men will be running and the women will be naked and everyone's happy. It was meant to be. No, this isn't okay. Like, yeah, like, like it was critical even here. It, I th- I I like that you pointed that out because one thing that I saw. It, it, in here is there's one man in the garden with the women and what he's doing is he's checking he's basically like he is checking the women to see that they're like adequately prepared for when freighter is going to show up and he's like all right which of you ladies is going to entertain freighter today and he's like all right up no chin back and could you tuck this in a little bit he has a notebook out he's taking notes yeah he even here, there is an underclass. Yeah. And the movie, I the, I thought it was beautifully done because I feel like in 27, 1927, you might not get away with like very overt um, like feminist overtures right. in your film. But Fritz Lang manages to like like show without preaching it 
in a way that's really subversive for the time. And uh, the other thing like that is kind of like what the whole movie culminates in, but it's a point to bring up now is that as it was going on, I'm not convinced that, that, um, that our main character was meant to be the heart. Like I was Mm. like, is she the heart? Is Maria the heart? Yeah. And, and I, I choose to believe that that was maybe a little on purpose where, where you're like, Oh, that's going to be this young man. He's going to do it. But then as it went on and like, you have the, uh, Maria before everything changes for her. And then later too, I was like, you know, I think that, you know, it might be up for question in this. And I thought that was really progressive. Yeah. and, And like, there's even, even the subtle distinction at the very end of like, they refuse to shake hands, you know, right. and God, I love that guy's like, I'm going to stick him in my pants then, <laughs> damn it, hold my balls and glare at you. <laughs> but, um, like, refusing to shake hands, and you have, like, okay, that guy's clearly the fucking head. He designed Metropolis and created right, right. this whole system. This is the guy who runs it and builds it. Mm-hmm. So, head and hands, and they won't shake hands, they won't touch, so you need this mediator. If they Nothing, just shook their hands, we wouldn't have oh had a God, movie. Been so easy. Nothing's like, happening at all. They're stuck here, and it's Maria. Who's like, yeah, go complete go, the yeah. circuit. Yeah. So she's the mediator. She's just too. the vessel. Dude. Yeah. So yeah, like even that Maria is definitely our hero. She's and she's on screen all over the place. She's the impetus for the whole thing. She's, she's a much more multidimensional character. She, yeah. She really, you know? She totally is. And she's like of of even maybe more so than Freighter. Like she he's he gets away with everything because he's a Nepo baby. Yeah. Like to use the modern nomenclature, right, you know. Yeah. She has the most agency of anybody yeah. in the movie. She's literally a subversive revolutionary who gets captured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, takes advantage of her release, luckily escapes being scapegoated by like this huge community and burned as a witch. Right. Um, you know, she's Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, of of all the people, like she is the one that is most in control of her own destiny. Um, and the one with like the most motivation too. like freighter, it would be easy in 2023 to read this as like, we'll get to it when there's a bit where, where freighter trades lives with a dude. And it's just like, and when I first saw it, I was like, this is like a rich wall street bro who like did ayahuasca once. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, man, we got to like change things. And they happen to be like driving past like a mechanic shop and he drives in and he's like, here's the keys life. to my yeah. Lexus and a million and like all the money I have in my wallet. Can I have your, your uniform and fix this guy's Chevy? And the guy's like fucking awesome. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not going to work out and I'll be here tomorrow when you're back home. But now I have a Lexus and a thousand dollars. Yeah. Here, knock yourself out. And then an hour later, that guy's like, this was a terrible idea. Yep. Yeah. This is the worst this, idea. My ever. hands hurt so bad. I caught my pinky. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. die. Yeah. I don't, I've never been injured before. And like, it's totally just mm-hmm. a slumming situation, but yeah. Um, so, so, okay. So it sounds like you kind of agree with my, my perception right where Maria is the heart. Yeah. And so did you feel that way? Absolutely. Too? Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, that was interesting because, like, I was think, and, and and that's that's maybe the thing about this movie that that hurts it from the multiple edits and the lost sensors mm-hmm. and whatever is I spent a lot more time trying to guess what the motivations were for the time. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, the sensors wanted this, but maybe Fritzling wanted this, and then it would jump between the edits, and I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. that's where I found my head in a lot of this, especially because of that. Not in a bad way, footage, but no, I kind of got sidetracked by what was the motivation. It's like a mystery. Things. It's yeah. like a, yeah. it's like a mis- It's like a meta mystery. You know, it's not even. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to guess who the killer is. You're like trying to guess what in this scene was yeah. was, was trouble. Troubling. Yeah, what yeah. was the trouble with this? So, so I'm gonna, so I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> agree with you. I'm gonna say it's almost like you're looking at the same story from three different sides. Yes. 
you're looking at it from, you know, the ultimate rich white guy, you know, German Aryan right. race version of uh, Utopia. You do then, definitely see some foreshadowing of yeah. like, Nazi Germany. Oh gosh, yeah, for sure. And then you see, and then you see the um, the 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 man born, you know, with everything, the Nepo baby. But he's gonna, you know, he's gonna figure out things for himself and go for a walk on the dirty side. And then you've got you and two more perspectives. You've got the the working, dirty, miserable class, and then you've got the optimism from Maria. Mm-hmm. And I want to really, that group. But that's not as yeah name. no <laughs> but yeah like the, it's, you really do get like those those perspectives on that it's very interesting kind of group. it's what's his name uh, Grot Grot, Grot. <laughs> no no oh. no 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 Groot we're gonna call Groot? that guy Groot yeah, today no, Groot. Well, like, like, like from <laughs> Despicable Me yeah but uh, but but it's really interesting I'm I'm just you know thinking about this now you're getting like like the same story in parallel mm-hmm. as a, as opposed to maybe a clean journey through like, mm-hmm. like our main character, you, you know, Frieder, Freder, Frieder, you feel like he's supposed to like walk us through this journey, but we kind of abandon him. Yeah. For yeah. A while. Right. Yeah. Like, he, like his journey almost stops when he first works the machine and he's learning his lesson and then he's just there to like help out Maria. Then we get, up then we get the thin man shows up. Yeah. Then we, this is when we get our like weird X files, like cigarette smoking mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. thing. And then we're, we're bopping over to the mad scientists laboratory and then we're getting dark Maria. <laughs> dark Maria is amazing. Dark Maria is amazing. Maybe the hottest thing since fire. Let's yeah. be real. Well, that's dark that, Maria is a smoke show. Man. And that was the other thing that I was thinking about. Maybe a little... I do all seven deadly sins. Oh for her. yeah. Man. Oh, no, she was amazing. And that was the thing that, I, again, I was kind of maybe being a little too meta on in my head. But she was such an amazing actress. Yeah. In yeah. a time where women weren't given roles like that. Yeah. Sure. You, you know, and like and so I also kind of Even wonder. When she's damselly, dude. Oh, she, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going again. I was like, did Fr- did Fritz Lane do the thing where he's like, oh, I thought Fredder was going to be our main character. But in the edit room. She's the where Realize she's where I want to be watching. You know what I mean? And like it's an, it's an interesting thing. I don't feel like I feel like he has such tight control that that it was all on purpose. There's right. a lot in here that's like there's but. there's there's shit where like we're walking into room five and the rivets on the door form two X's, which are the Roman numeral ten. And then no, we'll get yeah. into that. Yeah. But dude, yeah. no, Fritz Lang, he's in every frame of this. I was just thinking about you saying like it's the same story from five perspectives told simultaneously. Yeah. If this was a Tarantino film, we would get chapter one yeah. right. Raider, and then right. we'd get his chunk for a while and yep. then it would be like chapter two Maria and then we'd see go back and we'd see the same shit and then we'd start to like cross the yep. streams I like how Fritz Lang did it where I he just too. like he just starts pouring the yeah you just get dumped in yeah and, yeah and also it like in a movie that really accentuates divisions and the the what the the detriments of a segmented society are it's impossible to watch this movie in 2023 and not be like, fuck. I know. This here we, is here we oh, go again, Max. Shit. With this shit. Yeah, man. It's once again we we should really stop watching old movies because you keep being like, I wonder how different things were oh, back then. And then you watch it and you're like, kind of worse in some ways. Oh, no, they, they just repackaged the same yeah. world to us. And, <laughs> We've. I'll, I'll get into like how the how Dark Maria can kind of uh, stand in for you know deep fakes and AI. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, um, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're we're let, let's go back to the garden with the boobies. <laughs> women women are turning around in circles and they're showing off. I mean, come on, dude. Talk about Fritz Lang and like I wish they still made shit as arty as this or as like aust- like ostentatiously mm-hmm, arty, mm-hmm. where it's like the women are like, and here's my gossamer gown, dude. There's there's some spin moves where you get you get side boob with like full full 
peak Hershey kiss <laughs> nipple. I'm sorry, Jeff. I had a I had like a moment today. I was like, 1927 is turning me on. Yeah. Wow. And then the guy takes his notebook out and I'm like, they've been I'm making a them fucking, the same way for a long time. I'm a so. monster. This guy's doing the same thing I'm doing. I I got fucking straw dogs by Metropolis, oh, no. dude. I was like, damn. Um But yeah, and then lo and behold, here come, you know, like there's literal peacocks walking yeah. through the scene. Yeah. So freighters chasing this woman and they're splashing each other with a fountain and you get swept right into it because mm-hmm. you're like, the sets are gorgeous, the mm-hmm. costumes are gorgeous. And then... It's an impossibly beautiful movie. The, the whole thing, top to bottom. Yeah. Like, it... It never, it never wanes. Ever. It never. Ever. Every scene you see, you keep waiting for them to, like, run out of money. Yeah. Or yeah. something. something or, like... Yeah. Let's make this, guys. We don't have time. Can we like shortchange something, like right. or reuse set? something or whatever? It's like no. Yeah, that's just the other the thing flats, is you're man. not getting any reused footage no. or like insert that again. No, nope. nope. Even even like the architectural drawings of the city, which is very like La Jete, mm-hmm. where we're getting like mm-hmm. still, still, yeah. still, and yet again, like God, God, you gotta love it. You're like, here's the city and a Dutch. Yep. <laughs> here's the city and a different Dutch, and you're like, Dutch away, Meryl. I'm yeah. re- I'm here for it, um, and then so we're in the garden. Freighter and the the peacock lady are frolicking, and in walks Maria with like fifty Dickensian orphans. Right, <laughs> dude. Right. Um, the before the I I skipped a note here, but the clock. Did you notice that their shift clock is a ten hour clock? No. So there's two clocks in the factory, and one is a 24-hour clock that shows how the day is progressing. The clock underneath it is numbered 1 through 10. Oh, neat. So the entire oh, the clock, it only stands for the length of their shift. The other thing I thought was interesting is, rather than an 8-hour day or a 12-hour whatever, it's been subdivided into a 1 and a 0. Yeah. Oh, like binary? Binary. I looked this up. So that is the original computing language Mm -hmm. is binary. It was actually invented in the 17th century, so the 1800s. So binary does exist for Fritz Lang to play with, which is really interesting when you start looking at the occurrences of ones and zeros in this movie. So the clock is a a 10-hour shift, which is a one and a zero. Mm -hmm. Starts with one, and you turn on. At zero, you turn off again. You your life runs on a machine cycle. Tells you when to be on and when to be off, and when to be on and when to be off. Also, it is a decim. It's a decimal. It's a decim deck. It's a it's a divisible division. I'm sorry. Yep. It is a. It's it's a Wait, ten. Bring it's back the re- this is the machine max. It's now. a it's a blah blah blah. My ones and zeros are fucking all up. <laughs> sorry, he's buffering. But I don't I don't know exactly how to describe this. My dad is rolling over in bed right now and he's like i don't know why i'm in bed at seven right why is for it, starters he ate a heavy and meal. two yeah he ate a lot and he's like i feel so sick it's either the sandwich or my son doesn't fucking know the word for <laughs> for a multiple of 10 that's what i was looking for thanks pop <laughs> but it's a it's it's a multiple of 10 it's so dehumanizing mm-hmm. to like change the nature of a day yeah just so that so I thought that was fucked up. That clock messed with me. And and at no point do you really know what they're doing when they're no, working. There's working no that, like nope. here's the widgets we're producing. There's no here's the food we're giving. Here's it the energy just, being produced. Yeah, it's just it. toil, toil, toil. Yes. Home. Well, my question was, are they producing anything at all, or is it know. just one they're, giant? We know they're wheel. running the city. Well, they're they're. But, Right. Or is or just or is just the heart machine running the city? Right. Well, they say because they're running that. Because otherwise, if they stop moving, the whole thing explodes. Essentially, right? Someone right. is just putting keeping their finger in the in the hole. Yeah, right. yeah, right. But it's interesting because it's like 
you know, yeah, but like really what happens when they stop is the poor people die. Right. Like, but the rich people would just be fine from the flood. Right. Well, what I, the, we don't actually see what happens when all the machinery except the heart machine fails. Right. Because right. they just, they trash everything. Every fucking machine is trashed. And everything kind of keeps running, but when they destroy the heart machine, right. the That's dams do the... break, but the whole city does shut down. Like, all the lights right, go off, right. mm-hmm. all the, like, trains grind to a halt, and, like, the city dies once you destroy this, like, machine heart. One thing, in case we in case we don't get circled back to it or in case I forget, I think it's really interesting that the heart machine is the only machine not run by a person. Every other machine mm. has, like, eight to ten people yeah. on it all times, constant attention. If you don't fucking do it, you're gonna, it'll, it'll all explode. The heart machine... Grot is just like walking around on the platform. Yeah. It runs itself. Yeah. Right. Yep. No, and I think that that was on purpose. I think that, you know, it's it's that like whatever the man touches gets fucked up and broken. But the thing, you know, like this thing left to run itself is fine, it's fine. until we interfere. I saw it a different like, in a different like, like, Sorry, but to, to support that point. Sure. Like, like Maria, who is on this great trajectory until she's interfered with. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, Maria is kind of interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... There's so much. There's so fucking much with this movie. It's so much with with the heart machine, the thing that oh, I. Th- and I'm oh, sorry. I, no, 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 no. I just want to interrupt for this point, and because we just touched on it right now, where we're coming at this from different angles of the same story. That's on purpose. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that's meant to be. It is so mind mind numbingly simple seeming. but yeah. it's not. It, there's so complexity. so many different interpretations, and he's and that's a bravery that you see less and less. He is not afraid to be complex and nuanced and layered and you know right. like 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 lots you know where you can make your own judgments of it and, right and and that's that's by design that we're gonna have different feelings about it yeah this is it, you're, i like that you pointed out like you see this you see this less and less you're we still do see it there are still filmmakers who are going to show you something challenging sure um but you're right like more and more there's this there's this philosophical school called the frankfurt school i'll do this as fast as i can they were neo-Marxists. So they're reacting to the work of Marx. In modern times, neo-Marxism means something really specific that it do- that does not apply to the Frankfurt School. They're responding to and critiquing, criticizing and examining the ideas of Marx. They're not all out on the streets being like, we need to be communists today. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it means today is like, I'm a neo-Marxist. I'm a communist who is post-Marxist right. ideas. Right. The Frankfurt School was like, this is an interesting idea because they're contemporaries of like the rise of communism. So they're like, let's examine Marx and take a look at it. They had a really interesting critique of the capitalist system that I really like and, and uh, I think applies to this film. Specifically in how the capitalist system, just by its very nature, forces a, the production of a certain type of art. When you're in a capitalist society, you need all of your people to work. And they're going to work for like an 8 to 10 hour day. Mm-hmm. And they gotta, they gotta, they're basically going to put in as much labor as they can to produce as much capital as they can. That tends to leave people at the end of a long day feeling kind of like frazzled out, fried and tired, especially when you consider the nature of work in a mass production society. Mm-hmm. It's factory work. You're watching shit fly by. And remember, the Frankfurt School is 1950s. So they're not doing data entry, but they're doing the 1950s equivalent. So right. they're, they're coming home and their brains are fried. They're exhausted. What they want is a beer and something that's going to entertain them for a little while before that that gives them like just enough joy so that they can wake up and do it again. Right. The critique of the Frankfurt school is like, this is going to eliminate 
what they called real art or like true art. Right. And they're like, okay, art should be like a deep human expression that the viewer or listener will approach and have an experience with. Okay, so we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and watch a two and a half hour, <laughs> you know, German expressionist film. I'd rather and watch an episode of Friends. It, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, what do you got the energy for? It's like uh Netflix and let's watch one of the thirty minute T V series. I and can't let's watch, watch a the one that I've watched five times already Correct. because it gives me comfort. Mm-hmm. It gives you comfort and also the like office again for well, the time. <laughs> they they predicted that it would create formulaic plot because if uh-huh. if all the plots are kind of the same, you know what's coming enough that you can kind of half watch it and still get it. Mm-hmm. And it so, doesn't create anxiety, which you just had from eight hours to 10 hours right. of working. All ten, right. Yeah. It, you know, what are you going to do? It, watch, you know, we're working eight to 10 hours and then you're going to pour a glass of Chablis and sit in front of like a reproduction of Bosch's garden of earthly delights and try and like unpack, unpack what this everything. F- yeah. <laughs> no dude. Yeah. You're sitting down and you're like X files one more time. Yeah. Also, when you have this this as your model for how your your country runs or how your civilization runs, well, uh, what is the nature of everything? Everything is either a a producer or a product, and art isn't a producer, so art becomes a product. A product. Yeah. It becomes a consumable. It becomes something from which to extract capital. I mean, it goes much deeper than this, but like. I think that that is part of what lends itself to this trend, which is interesting because this movie is kind of a critique of that. If in f- maybe maybe that's the dark side of Metropolis, the heart machine runs everything, but you got to give the poor people something to do, right. or they're up yeah. in your garden fucking shit up. Yeah. So let's build a bunch of uh, time wasters, right? And they got to run the time wasters, but if nothing ever happens to them, then maybe they'll they won't like take it seriously or like really get obsessed with them. So if they fail, they die. Bad yeah. happen. Yeah. And that's where I think that a lot of people draw direct lines from this metro- from Metropolis to The Matrix and the movies like Dark yeah. City and stuff like that, where it is the the lower class is little more than batteries or cogs mm-hmm. in the machine hamster wheel yeah that, but but not in a way that you know that really matters it's sure. just to keep them busy mm-hmm. and enough to you know and then and, and if something goes down it will be catastrophic for them right but you know but the, the as long as the heart machine keeps rolling yeah. which yeah. takes one man to run yeah grot who is just kind of smoking a cigar and it's just amazing like oh well well there was a there was a big explosion and some <laughs> workers died um <laughs> So we, the woman, after the woman comes in with the most gorgeous eyes you've ever seen in your entire life, Freighter, our upper cruster, our one percenter, yeah. is like, I gotta get me some of that. Yeah. Oh my god! And he runs over into the guy who's like, "Don't you want one of the? I, we have like all these bimbos for you, right?" God, I've spent hours like examining their breasts. Yeah. They're fabulous. Me and Max really looked close. We looked close. I mean... Max backed me up on this. I'm like, Freighter, you're going to want at least 15 minutes, <laughs> guy. They're... Take a look, man. You, you don't. Ugh. I'm sorry, girls. I think I've realized that you definitely watch this on a bigger screen than I yeah. do. That's what it was. Because you're talking about like the bolts making patterns and yeah. the nipples of the gossamer. It on, yeah, I, 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 I missed remember, it. That's true. You got I a big ass TV there, dude. Yeah, I would think I, I was watching it on my normal TV. So I, I uh-huh. did today. I watched some of it on my iMac, but I was watching this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> once he's what the, the nipples got me in, and then I was like, now I'm here for the political commentary. Yeah. So uh, hmm. that's kind of how. Yeah. So he go. He talks to like I don't want to call him the overseer, but kind of mm, maybe yeah. a little bit. And the guy's like, you don't want to. She's a so laborer. She's just a laborer lady. Right. So he runs down into the the machine. It's called like the machine area or the machine city. 
and he runs down in there and he looks around and he just sees like all these people like toiling and toiling. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to this one big machine, which I'll call the Moloch machine. This is such even by today's standards, this shit is pretty cool. And now, just because uh, it was a while since I made my notes, this is the big the um, clock sort of. All the dudes, there's all the dudes in the individual. It's the, it's the one that looks oh, in the Aztec temple. Yeah. Okay, that one. And it okay. literally turns into, into a monster, a monster yeah. at one point. So he gets in front of this big machine and he sees, and I think this is really crucial. Um, even working the Moloch machine, which takes. Six nine. T- it takes ten people to run mm-hmm. it. Because uh-huh. just to run this side, it's two sets of. Yeah, man. I think it's actually fucking ten people. Anyway, they're all in individual cells, mm-hmm. which is not necessary. Mm. It's to keep them apart from each other and keep them focused on this one simple task. This is such a critique of like Henry Ford and the oh, like mass production mm-hmm. factory. And you, late, later cubicleism yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. This is, yeah. Cubicleism? That's a good word. We're gonna call, that's definitely a word now. We're this, cubicleism. This is fucking Mr. Anderson, dude. Yeah. This is like mm-hmm. the guy oh, yeah. like droning away. To, it's it's weird job as you turn one bolt or you like turn a, turn a lever until the pressure goes down and then close it and open yeah. and close. It's. I love how they have the line that has like the zappies where it's it's not like warning if or do not exceed. It's just like this is the boom boom line. Boom, boom if you line. hit the boom boom line. Yeah. I want more of that in my car. I want like German more, expressionism yeah. laid <laughs> yeah, out dude. on my dashboard where it's like, yeah, like things will spin and steam will shoot out and a bell will ring. I want things to hit me in the face. Yeah, like, we don't have enough widgets. <laughs> yeah, our... way more widgets. Like I want to. Like, we need turn, less widgets, dude, man. T- we... Turning left should be a seven step. Like, yes. Eight levers. Wiggle. <laughs> trying to turn the car in your. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kids, kids, grab the grab the whippity wham lever. <laughs> Why do I have you if not to help me move this machine? Uh, to Why do I have you if not to help me move this machine? Uh, I love that. So that made um, me sad and happy at this. I know. Time. Yeah. Eventually, I mean, it's you're not. It's not running your machines, Jeff. It's because they need. I know. More, I gotta run more, more blood to oil the machine joints. Oh my god. Um, but the Moloch machine blows sky high. A guy passes out. This is not the only time we're going to see a worker physically collapse doing nope. their job. See it a couple times. A couple times. So the Moloch machine blows, and you're seeing motherfuckers like oh yeah, the wire work of them like getting flown off the mm-hmm. machine. You're like, I think one of these stuntmen didn't oh, make it. No, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was so cool. It was like that old like. Like you felt like you're going back to like a 1930s circus where you're like, is this okay? Like, is yeah. this like, like that guy just got eaten by a lion? Is that okay? It's like, oh yeah, these he are hit all the ground real, real, real hard. Yeah, these are like the, they went to like a trapeze school and they're like, you mind if we throw you a hundred feet through the air on a wire? And the yeah. guy's like, for how much? And they're like, I don't know, like a couple bucks. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, a couple bucks for a total buy a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, the, then we get this, you get the machine, you know, smoking, steaming thing. You, I don't even know what, how they how they do it or what the effect is, but they like composite in a perfect match cut to another machine that has eyes yeah. and a gaping maw with eventually cool grinding, mm, spinning yeah. machinery there, and it's called and it, we literally get a 
like a title card with with effects built into it that says Mola. Yeah. This was um like as gorgeous <laughs> and flawless as all the rest of the imagery was, and you could print almost any moment of this movie and put it on your wall, and you'd mm-hmm. be heavy. Maybe this, not one of the sixteen millimeter frames, but yeah, right, right, right. any of the like yeah. crisp shit. Yeah. Oh, dude, this this effect was my favorite visual moment because it was so disturbing, and 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 it was interesting too because everything else is very clean lines and like whatever, but Moloch the monster was like organic too yes. and like a little rounded Somehow, and little imperfect yeah. and and hungry and so well done and it was like yeah it was it was incredibly effective and and it it didn't explain it it just showed nope. it to us and it was like fuck you moving on yeah. yeah like freighter has this you wonder if cuz he gets blown back when it, the machine explodes and you wonder if it's like a blow to the head that like triggers this sure. weird delusion mm. that he has but he has this gorgeous vision and what I tuned into, I want to know what you guys tuned into on this. What I tuned into on this is the first thing you see is you see some like, you see guards standing at the, two guards standing at the maw of this big machine. And some some other guards are leading a group of, of bound slaves with their hands mm-hmm. tied behind their back. And they're dragging them up. And then they throw them into like the smoking fire that is in the, the depths the of Moloch's throat. throat. That's not where that ends. You're like, oh my God, sad. And you see the initial metaphor and you're like, this is horrifying. They're like, we are the sacrifices to this ancient God. But then the next round of sacrifices shows up and it's workers. Mm-hmm. And there are, there's no one leading them and their hands are not bound. Nope. And they march themselves in perfect lockstep. Now this is where Moloch's mouth changes. And I think this is crucial, especially when you consider 1927, which means this movie is being made in like... 24, 25, 26, much closer to World War I. Mm. You're seeing rows of men march, mm. and not towards a flame anymore. Now, Moloch's throat has, the, it's it's basically a gear crank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a war or, machine. Yeah, yeah. So there's like spinning gears and hmm. cranks and like machinery that's grinding back there. And that's what the workers just march themselves into. Row after row after row of them. Brief history aside, well, go ahead if you got something. No, but. that's fascinating. I did not. I did not process it that way at all. I looked at it as like the, the inevitability of of just like the you know machine of society yeah, chewing us up. You, but yeah. I think you're probably right. And I, what I was just processing in my head was when was the first real example of the military industrial complex because the civil war was not the civil war wasn't good for the economy. That wasn't, that was not a time. Right. But, but like, yeah, world war one definitely was not for Europe. Here's, here's no, no, no. Right. But, but for like, you know, we, New York. Yeah. We got to choose, we get to choose when we get in and then all of a sudden people get richer and all of a sudden we have jobs again. Here's yeah. Let's out of the depression. Here's my brief history aside. Yes. That's a great point. Most people don't realize that, that what pulled us, what, what turned our economy around wasn't just like you know like well you know maybe we'll bootstrap and we'll all work harder no uh it was the united states essentially became the raw material armaments and like straight up just like treasure like money lending yeah. mm-hmm. for the european powers that were fighting well, at I, that I, point, I, I honestly i always get a little confused on one ver- mm-hmm. world war one versus two because it was different you know yeah like, um, so it's the it's actually like the the back then it's still the ottoman empire and the austro-hungarian empire it wasn't even austria back then it's the austro-hungarian right. empire yeah. You know, um, so this is like old world Europe, right? So now we've taught the blood sacrifices to Moloch to march in time into the Maw to die. And um, 
the the grunt I like that you use the term the military industrial complex. World War One, when it starts in nineteen fourteen, in August, you get soldiers. You can look pictures of this up if you want, but you can get you get French soldiers who are going to war in a war where there are machine guns yeah. now. So yeah, we and tanks and not mm-hmm. yet. Tanks come in about 1916, 17 oh, as, sorry, as a response. Nineteen fourteen. Oh, yeah. Fourteen is famously the war. There's this great book called The Guns of August. I forget who wrote it. I'm so sorry, author. Um, that covers just like the first month of the war, which is fucking nuts. Yeah. You have French this is the cavalry is still part of the military. <laughs> so you're you've got German and the Germans immediately industrialize their warfare because they're a small nation and they're basically trying to conquer more territory. <laughs> of World War One, which lasted four years, 14 to 18, we lost literal generations of, of people mm-hmm. in every country that was involved in that war except the United States because we got in kind of late and we were too yeah. far away for people we to really like... We had other stuff like, going on. Come and, yeah, we, we were running and getting our abs and looking at gossamer women. Yeah, That's exactly. Right, yeah. We're running our 400s, but like the this is like a perfect metaphor for trench warfare and how this war works where it's like they, they describe the Battle of the Somme. After the shelling stops, the way that they fight this war is they go, all right, boys, group one, over the top. Yep. And you get 100 guys or whatever, and they all rush over the trench, and they make it 10 feet, and then they, the Germans just go back and forth and hose them down, mm-hmm. and they die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's you're like, wow, that didn't work. Do it again. Yeah, and they throw yeah. another 100 at them, and then they throw another 100 at them, and that's how you get battles where, like, day one, 20,000 people die. Right, right. Day one, 15,000 people die. And it's it's funny, Carl, you mentioned this at the beginning. You you said if they had just shaken hands, none of this would have happened. Right. You're talking about the stalemate where they're literally just, mo- like, they're, you're fighting for nothing. Yeah. You're fighting for an eviscerated field. Exactly. And, and I know this is obvious, but it's like, you know, it is intrinsic to this movie's uh, ethos is that, you know, like, like it... It, it, it would have been it's so much easier so much smarter and so much whatever to just take a half a step back yeah. save hundreds of thousands of lives and everyone's so much happier but right. instead it's just this like you just sit on this like fine knife's edge of violence mm-hmm. and just grind through generations of people yeah yeah you just like and it's the it's the mechanical nature of it I think that yeah. horrified mm-hmm. people the machinations yeah by 16 I like how you said mechanical and I just like yeah the machinations <laughs> I'm part of this I'm smart too <laughs> I said the same word <laughs> <laughs> no, you you switched it up a smidge. Yeah, there's a syllable. But like the there's a certain point where like the glory and valor of war disappears and it becomes really just like why are we doing this? Yeah. I think I think there's a really interesting thing that happens at the end of World War 1 that you kind of see in here too. Okay, what does Dark Maria tell him at the end? Stop feeding the machine. Mm-hmm. Guys, just just stop. Yeah. Just don't do it. The Germans sent some communist thinkers who had gone into Germany back to Russia. Those guys sow the seeds of communist thought 
into Russia, that leads to the Russian Revolution. That's what knocks Russia out of the wow. war. It's literally an ideological weapon. Communism topples the czar and Russia's out of the war. That frees Germany up to stop focusing on their Russian front and reapply pressure to the rest of the European nations. That This is like the moment where Germany almost wins the war. Right. But backfires because now you've got communism in russia those soldiers are coming into contact with german soldiers with british soldiers mm -hmm. with french soldiers now you've got communism and socialism spreading as ideas through these soldiers one of the main things that starts like pulling there's a lot of things that are slowing the war down in 1718 one of them is the massive death toll mm. but eventually the soldiers get to a point where they're all talking to each other and they're like wait a minute we're all just like poor people all killing each other. And they're like, there's, there's stories of like British and German troops. There's the famous Christmas day story yeah, where yeah. they all play soccer. Oh yeah. <laughs> that didn't actually just happen on one line that happened in multiple places all across yeah. the Western front. That's when they started rotating. Was troops. Joy Noel? Like that was I think that so. Thing, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. A jolie good time was had A by all. Jolie good time. But, uh, there's stories of troops standing up on on like standing up on the trench with a flag and screaming at the other line and screaming at their own line like, you know, if we all just stop, this just stops. This just stops. And yeah. they're and like people like leaving in droves, leaving in in such numbers that they like the commanding officers can't do anything to stop them. They're yeah. like, fuck, we just everyone just left. And that's by the end. That's like 19, 17, 18. Right. You're starting to see this. That's where this movie culminates. You can the fingerprints of the horror that this country went through just a, like less than a decade mm -hmm. before are all over this thing. Yeah. The 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 mechanized what was the word you used? The mechanized machinations. Mecha like a high, like a hiney ho. <laughs> That's the most horrifying part of this movie is just watching how many how many lives just blindly go. Yeah. And the and the futility of it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, sorry, that was a huge derailment for the moment. No, but it, but oh, but that's your though. but that's your core of this movie, right? Mm -hmm. Is one one of your cores for this movie, and and like and then I was looking at it from this like, um, you know, more maybe esoteric look of like you know uh, a working complex and the haves and the have nots and this kind of like you know almost like supernatural beast that drives the economy. I was looking at it economically, right? And, yeah, and yeah. which works just the same. And you know, Carl, you have your own. You well, like the it's boobs. weird. Well, no, when I watch movies like this, a lot of times it takes me two watches sure. to, to go through. Where especially for older movies like something this silent era, sure, I'm so swept up by how the whole process of making the fucking film. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did they do this shit? Like, yeah. how did they, and, and like Max mentioning earlier, like, I get obsessed with the blocking and like the cinematography and how, like, the, how everything is sort of put together. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Because no, yeah, this is yeah. incredible. So yeah. I get swept up in, in that aspect. And not that the rest of this is like lost on me. No, by no. By any means, but it's like, that's all very much there. And this is why I love. The timing was perfect. Like right before I watched this, I just finished Dan Carlin's 22 hour yeah, there you go. <laughs> blueprint for Armageddon, which is all about the World War yep. One. So and so you've got in that in your head. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's the lens I was looking through. I love the economic take that we've mm -hmm. been getting from yeah. you so far. Like, and I love your like esoteric occult thing too, because when we meet the machine man, the head of the machine man is at the bottom of an inverted pentagram, dude. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, there's the occult all fucking over this yeah. thing. Um. Speaking of the blocking, Carl, when we yes. when next we we see Freighter, he's runned up, runned. He's he's run done up. runned up. He's yeah. mechanized. He's gone up the mechanized yep. to to run up to his fa his pa pa's office. Some fucked up shit there. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> he gets to his his dad's office. 
Oh and his my dad, god, we should do a review review like like oh, that kind of vernacular. Like he went to see his paw, that kid there. <laughs> of Metropolis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Metropolis, that's some fucked up shit, yo. He went up to his paw and his paws all talking at these guys and then the dudes is writing some shit he down. He got that like, switch out and like, he taught him some lessons. He learned him good. <laughs> three boom hours doing oh Metropolis. God. Um, he, but his dad's dictating to three dudes who are like sweating bullets that mm-hmm. they're gonna miss a word of this great man. Capital this is G Joseph is one of these guys, right? Is this when we meet him? Uh, or is that the? I'm remembering Joseph at. Joseph at's about to get his ass fired. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, he's one of the hanger. The dad's name is Yo Frederson. No, no, yes, yes. I meant Joseph at was one of the three guys. No, he's no? the fourth guy. The fourth guy. There's the like there's man. like th- uh, Joseph at's over at the like old school stock exchange right. writing down That's numbers. Right. The other three are writing down everything. Thing Yo says, saying, yeah. and then Freighter, which I think is hilarious that that guy's name is Freighter Freighterson. Freighter, <laughs> son of Freighterson. Yep. Freighter, <laughs> but he, uh, so he rolls in and he's like, I gotta talk to you, dad. And his dad's like, wait, count to 10 in Greek, you know, does yeah. that whole shit. And instead, we see this moment where Joseph Hat's like, your, your, your pa's real busy. Why don't you come over here and tell me your troubles? Um, and then finally, his dad's like, keeps looking over and he's like, my son looks pretty fucked up about something. Like, mm-hmm. he's very bummed. Yeah. And he's also kind of dirty. That's weird. Uh, guys, you're dismissed. I'm going to go and talk to my child. And then uh, his, he's like, Dad, I saw this big explosion. And he goes, stop, pause again. Joseph Fat, why am I hearing about this from my son? And he's just like, mm-hmm. immediately like yeah. turns back to his employees. Like, let me manage my, uh, let me manage my workers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Now go on again, son. And then. In comes Grot, and Grot's like, we found more of these plans. I don't know why. He looks a little bit like Sala, so I hear Sala in my head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bad bad plans. And gives him <laughs> Bad plans. Gives him these plans. And then he's like, Josephat, why am I hearing about this, uh, this treasonous behavior from my workers from Grot and not you? You know what? Why don't you go down to G-Bank? Um... Because Wells Fargo is dealing with some lawsuits, so we're, we're switching to G-Bank as a, as a nation. Um, why don't you go down there and draw the rest of your wages because you're fired? And when he says he's fired, speaking of the blocking, Freighter and Josephat both sag forward at the same moment. Their, their blocking is, mm-hmm. mirrors each other. So like when he's like, Josephat, why am I hearing about this from Grot? You can see Freighter be like, oh shit. And then we cut to Josephat who's like... Oh shit, you know, and then you cut to the wide and it's like go grab your go grab your pay and they both just like they mm-hmm. both wilt the the tandem blocking in this. There's other stuff later like um like uh there's this moment where the someone is going to go and shake like Yo's hand. No, he yeah, it's the the machine man. The machine man is going to shake Yo's hand. That's right. And Yo goes to like take the hand and in rushes um uh, mad scientist guy. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Rotwing. 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 Which is so, what a fuck fucking name. Fucking great name. So Rotwing pops in and sticks his hand in to take Yo's hand instead, but it's his right hand, which is artificial, which is um, another machine hand. Mm-hmm. Just like pops in, slides right over the place where her hand is framed or its hand is framed, and you get another mechanical handshake instead. Yep. Nothing is different. The yeah. man is becoming his creation. It's it's more machine it's now so, than man. It's so genius, dude. You you tend to think of twenty seven, or you're like, you're like, oh yeah, they wrote a script and they got some people in a field and they shot the shit. Right. But like, no, no man, Fritz Lang no, no, is no. like, okay, so they're mechan- they're turning the world inside out. Like yes. they're using metaphor and and story and simile and all this stuff to like literally 
tear their brains inside out, which were basically, you know, were already turned inside out by the war and stuff. But it's like, yeah, it, it, they're really examining and going through some shit. Talk, yeah, talk crazy. about somebody like, like, talk about, we were saying earlier, what is art? Art is like human expression at its mm-hmm. best. It's the pinnacle of human expression. This is... This is the inside of someone's mind. Yeah. You watch this, and that's the cool thing about it. It's like the inside of your own mind is disjointed and chaotic yes. and can entertain multiple viewpoints at once. And that's that's here. You look at this movie and you go like, all right, well, what does it mean? Now, it, okay, you give me a fucking Marvel movie, I could right. probably, right. I, in an yeah, hour, I could probably be like, this yeah. is what it means. Yeah. And you're like, where's the gray area? And you're like, well, she said that one thing and it might have meant this, but there's not yeah. a whole right. lot of right. like, it could be a metaphor. For, right. This could it was a double entendre, which is not the same thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> double entendre is not multiple meanings, you know. No, and, but that, and I was actually I was thinking about the Marvel thing earlier. There's nothing wrong with Agreed. wanting to come home after your 12 hours of pulling the levers and seeing your friends get chewed up <laughs> no, by the machine man. to want to chill and I watch, watch some Steve Rogers, we, man. Yeah, we need that. I watch fucking Amazon or no Netflix has a Transformers Prime, a like really mm-hmm. low budget CGI Transformers show. I've been watching Steven Universe. Man. Yeah, yeah, because we need that yeah. once in a while. And but. Then you know, then Avatar: The Last Airbender. I uh, just started it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And they, <laughs> but that's and, really good, though. I know. But but right. But yeah. well. But there, no. But there, you you did. That's the second step. The third step on the scale is um, Avatar, like James Cameron's Avatar, which is entertainment, like a thin Kenny Shelvey entertainment over a very obvious Wasn't like it, plot, um, plot point about environmentalism. Right. And oh, oh, oh. I thought you were I thought you were talking about M. Night Shyamalan's no, live no, action no, avatar. I'm like, oh, that's no, a sorry. big, that's no, a no, big no. jump, Jeff. No. Jesus. So, so we're going from we're going from um, Transformers and then we're going a little bit more nuanced with Avatar, which mm-hmm. has some stuff to say, but is also cute and fun. And then we have our uh, Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, where we have a thin candy shell of like, watch the blue people fuck up the um, you know the Americans, <laughs> but it's but it's about it's about environmentalism and stuff. Sure, yeah. And then you go and you know another you know then you have Fight Club, and then you have like this yeah. where you're like where you're like okay well, yeah once you hit I think once you hit like five or six you're just kind of firmly in like the deep and murky waters of like art house independence yeah. Yeah. yeah or like old big budget shit. But this mm. do, yes, but yeah, this doesn't feel art housey though. This feels. Big budget. Epic, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does. Which is interesting. And, and again, and that's what I love about this history lesson that we're going through too, is it is fascinating. I'm sure some of my numbers and dates no, are wrong, but, but, it's, but generally, like the interpretation. History is a sliding scale. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's a circle. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, but the the point I'm making is just that um, uh, you, you wonder about the inspirations and the censorships and the things that were bothering people because um, it was surprising what they cut out of this movie. Like the machine stuff makes sense now in, in mm-hmm. retrospect with the war, the, the the lamps to the slaughter kind of vibe, but it wasn't none of the stuff that they didn't cut any of the salacious stuff. They didn't cut out any of the overt like bring the machine down nope. and give them nope. the heart to the thing. And even the wild like Bacchanalia parties at the yeah. Yoshimatsu club or whatever it yeah. was called. Like they, all that stuff's still in there. They, there's a moment where they're like yeah, they popping messaging at all no it was just like like but it was it was like interesting what was offensive mm-hmm. or whatever needed to be to be censored at the time was very surprising it was the things that would have been triggering like I, you said i, I yeah think, i think that's a good yeah. point i do think there are some things like when you watch this like you watch the grainy shitty 16 millimeter stuff there are some things not shitty they did a pretty good no, damn good job of restoring really it i shouldn't good. say it that way but like there's a bit that where the footage is not good you know it's mm-hmm. it's like 
Well, it, it, that's a testament to how well the clean stuff holds. Exactly. Yeah. Really, because if the whole thing had looked like the sixteen millimeter, I would have been super fine. Like with you know with the restored for a movie with this the, old with, and yeah. like as cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been like, okay, that's fine. But it, like, the, I don't think it'd be as legendary as it is. I think it'd be like a movie pack. Dude, if sure, you can sure. watch any schlocky bullshit <laughs> '80s horror movie that's right. shot on shittio, right. you can fucking sit through. Oh, once uh, you've seen Attack like, of the Giant Leeches, like yeah. there's nothing you can't watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Yeah, so I think there is some stuff that was probably edited out like you would edit out anything now in a movie where you're watching and you're like, I actually don't need that, that oh, cut sure, back. Sure. This cut back can go. We're going to take that out. Or like, mm, we already did an establishing shot. Right, the right. Wi- this wide is <laughs> not really a We've got 12 couple. amazing shots of an audience or of a crowd walking into a building. Do we need 13? Sure, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's have 10 because it's meta. It's, meta- it's even guess. more meta. <laughs> Every scene is 10 shots long. Because 10 is divisible <laughs> by 10. But... <laughs> Which is one, which is also in which binary. Is also in binary. So it's on. Now we need a zero. But zero is it's no. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you guys can't see this, but Max's head is literally smoking now. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is stuff in here where when you watch it. I have to stand up. This is horrible. Later on, later on, a lot of the. <laughs> you do, you man. No, my um, ass is just fucking killing me on that. I know. I, I like I, this stool. I think I picked the right I'm, thing. I'm going to get some squats in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you guys. Ho- I need horse stance as I do my rap here. Um, so, Jackie Chan hands, please. Thank you. Um, but, uh, oh shit, what was I saying? Oh, the, some of the stuff that's cut out, you see it later on. And this is what made me think that this is probably what, what was cut out. That's fine. I'm cool with it. I'm on my bouncy ball. I'm having down like, there in the city with the real people. Not being I'm just, yeah, 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 yeah. You, uh, you fucking one percent. You keep this machine going. We're going to go for a walk. I will. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll oil this with my blood. You guys, um, go run some 400s and hang out with some peacock chicks. Um, but what you end up, the stuff that's cut out, when you look at what the, it's a lot of extras and it's a lot of crowd sequences that are cut out. When you look at their faces next, if you guys watch this again, which I'm sure both of you will mm-hmm. watch the faces of the crowds in the 16 millimeter, like edited out censored stuff. It's pretty harrowing actually. Cause a lot of what you're seeing is children. Yeah. They're in huge groups. They're in tattered rags. They're dirty faced. They kind of look like war refugees and they're screaming and crying and clinging to people and trying to escape from a city that's being destroyed. So, I mean, like, you know, eight years ago, World War I. Right, they're being shelled and, yeah. So that's a lot of what is cut out of this is that stuff. It's big crowd sequences Mm -hmm. of people leaving scenes of heinous destruction and, like, Damn, man, the se- the sequence when like the kids are trying, they're like the three adults are trying to rescue the children from being drowned like rats as this place fills up with water. And uh, listener, you can look up a- something called the Battle of Ypres. Y p r e s. There's a what's it? Passchendaele. There- there's another name for a famous battle where rain becomes a big issue, and it's called Pat the Battle of Passchendaele. You can see pictures of this battlefield, and it's truly harrowing. And what what happened at Passchendaele was it rained so much that the entire battlefield, all the ground, turned to this mud that had the consistency oh, of yeah, cheesecake. Oh yeah, I heard about this. So what would happen is men would step into it and they couldn't get their legs out, so they would be stuck there. But the battle's raging, so people can't get them. And then all around Passchendaele, this happened too. And there's a horrible story of a big column of troops marching towards the front to get into the the muck and the shit and start fighting and they pass this guy who's stuck up to his knees so they put rifles under his armpits and they're doing like squats to try and pull him Mm -hmm. out but they're sinking a little too so they get a rope on him and they're trying to pull but they're gonna pull him in half he's not coming out 
and now they're out of time because they need to get to the front because everything's on a time schedule. They come back four days later, and that guy is still there. Holy but shit. But now he's up to his neck, and he's completely mad. Wow. That's not even the only story that right. is almost exactly like that. The other thing they had a big problem with is dudes would run out onto the field during these go over the top and run into the maw mm-hmm. and be sacrificed to the, the machine that is this war, this hungry blood deity. And they'd get tagged or they'd get, oh, my God, my leg got blown off or I got shot and I, like, I, I can't make it back to the trench. Mm-hmm. So they'd roll into these shell holes and then at night it rained for the entire battle. Yeah, and it would rain until the shell hole filled up. And then you would listen. The other dudes in the trench would have to listen to screaming until all the screaming stopped because, because the, they drowned. the holes had filled oh. and they drowned. So like, and that happened at a battle that was fought against Germany. And now you're going to show, I, I can see why the censors are like, yeah, maybe we don't show a bunch of people drowning. Let's right. cut that. If you look at that scene, a lot of that is grainy 16 mil because yeah. they get out of it pretty quick. So this is, I'll stop talking about war because I know it's really horrible. But, well, sh- uh, as a segue, you know, the, but like, and I don't, I don't think that this was one of the censored things, but like, um, uh, what's his name? Joseph Fat was, was going to commit suicide right. on the stairs immediately after getting fired. He's like putting a pistol in his mouth. Right. And, and I was like, holy shit. Like, you know, like this cog in the machine, like doesn't have anything outside of this. Right. I, it was really, really bold choices all over. But he did. And I think that's why he's committing suicide. Cause they touch it a couple times where they're like, dad, do you know what it means to be fired by you in right. this, in this city? <laughs> his only alternative is to go and live in the sure. underworld and get in his cubicle and jerk his lever. And I think it's very fucking telling yeah. that his alternative is he's like, well, nope. I, I could go and do what all the poor people do or I could die and mm-hmm. not have to do that. And he's sure. like, well, where's the gun? And that's yeah. his first fucking thing. <laughs> um, after saving that mouse, mouse gun guy, Freighter goes to a room to go and become a worker. Now here, let me get into some numerology. You want to see smoke come out of my fucking head? (laughs) So he goes to room five, Roman numeral V. So that's five, which it divides into 10 really Mm -hmm. easily, right? Last time I checked. The iron, he goes twice, I think. The mm-hmm. iron doorway mm-hmm. has two X rivets in the door. That, so the X rivet is, that's Roman numeral for 10. So two X rivets is and, 20. And what is an X but a V and a V? Oh, fuck It's like both ways. It's double Vs. It's four Vs. And oh my God, guys, how many fives go into 20? It's Jim four Carrey, of them. If Jim, Jim Carrey walks in right now, I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> so 20 is evenly divisible by five or if you total all the numbers, it's 25, which times four goes into 100, which is a decimal number, which is tens, which is binary, Jeff. It's all ones and zeros, uh, Jeff. It's computers, Jeff. Am I really We're, here? It's a simulation, Jeff. Oh, what? my God. This is the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, talk about Numerology. The Wachowskis <laughs> bought the sets from Dark City and stole the plot of Metropolis. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I don't think we, we owe them a... St- the Matrix is a terrible ripoff. So bad. It's so bad. Um... So he shows up to worker one one eight one one. Yeah, and that's one, the guy one, on the eight, on the cl- one one. What's an eight, Carl? It's infinity. On on for infinity. On mm-hmm. on is that's that worker's number? Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, how man. fucking cool is and that? This is shit, the guy dude? on the big clock. Right? <laughs> that's on the yeah, big clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the thing that fucked me up the most. Is like. I was following trying to figure the lights, out the clock. Following the lights. Yeah. Following the lights. Yeah, and it was pointless. Yep. Like a 100% thing. pointless. And I was trying, and, and it was funny because I caught myself, this was disturbing for me. I was trying to figure it out. I was yep. urging him to get it right. Yep, me too. When I should have been urging him to just walk away. Walk yes. away. 
And instead you're like, it's up there. It's up yeah. there now. Yeah. Oh, dude, no, no, no. They're next to each other. Uh, and I him. love that like you see him like after 10 hours, like can't barely move those anymore. But when the fresh person is on, it's super easy mm-hmm. to move for them. It's That's how almost, long they're doing it. Yeah. It's almost... Yeah, when he's trying to drag one of them yeah, up. Yeah, but can't even move. And this other guy comes in, he's like, all right, move. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And he yep. starts his shift. But by the end, he's going to be... <laughs> can barely lift his own arms, yeah. Oh, uh, the boom, boom is going to happen yeah. in the poop, poop. It reminds, <laughs> it, this reminds me a lot of, like, <laughs> mentally when I would imagine what it was like to work in the copper mines and Calumet and stuff, like, you know, by candlelight. Fuck. People hitting, like, the end of, a you know, a hammer, to, you know, trying to drive in, you know, dynamite holes. And, like, just the insane like claustrophobic like literally you can't see anything outside of your you know your little horse blinders and also though like it's like fidget spinner the movie (laughs) yes you know it's like adhd the film where you're like match the hands to the numbers so that it occupies your attention because we need you to yeah it's it's like it's like those um psychological studies that have been done throughout time that are always such horrifying things to learn about but it would be like (laughs) it's like a fidget spinner where if you get it just right you get heroin and if you're a little off you get twenty thousand volts you know, have a good day at it work. Slices right. your hand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and it, it really is. It's really fascinating. That uh, that the other thing, the other thing that fucked me up about the clock is your whole task is to stare at a clock, but not, th- but not think about time. Oh my yes. god, that's so true. You just yeah. sit there and you like just just store time so that time becomes meaningless. The hands just go and go and go. But then on the wall is your ten hour clock, which also means nothing because right. it doesn't tell you what time it is. It just tells you how far into a one set of on-off shift you are in. Yeah. So you're working a clock that means nothing, staring at a clock that means nothing. Yeah. Time is fucking gone, and you're just doing this meaningless that shit down in hell. Lasts a hundred hours. It would feel like. How can Dude, you? How that, how come there hasn't been like a, there, a, 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 a like a clock repairman like going mad story or a clock repair person <laughs> like like discovering the hidden underbelly of the universe and traveling mm-hmm. through time like. After copyright f- measuring flicks, yeah. Jeff Carl Max. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm gonna start writing this, Jeff. Yeah. When's your next free shooting block? Because I think the clock guy under discovering the hidden it's underpinnings one of time. Cog that yeah. that shifts backwards instead of the other way. I'm trying to fix this clock, like every time I do it, it just it just runs it runs nonsense. Yeah. But then he starts writing the numbers oh, down, I love and then that. you get the board. Yeah. I love that. No, I love that. Right. And it's like, it's like tapping into this rhythm of the universe. That's like, that we're not supposed to see, but right. this is like, it's got just the harmonic frequencies. And, and we the put in that wood cut. We talk about all the time where the yep. guy's sticking his head through the world and he sees the clockwork behind it. That's yeah. our cover, but it's our dude. And he's looking through and then it's like, some struzen, sometimes in to do it. Sometimes the wrong time is the right only time. time sometimes, the, sometimes the clock ticks back but it's like but it's but it is it like it, our, our our protagonist is like some like 80 year old guy with like little spectacles and stuff and he's the one who's gonna go yes. see like a very barren moonshausen sort of dude scenario. yeah let's do it like stephen king insomnia where like all our protagonists are like Octogenarians, yeah, for yeah. sure, man. It's like action movie, but they're all eighty. And I, I just now, and it. I just got this shot, this idea of him, or this image of him. Now, you remember in in Dark City when Willem Willem uh, or William, William Hurt, Hurt William Hurt floats out past the city, right? Yeah, like yeah. Now we've got our octogenarian floating out past, and he's got like these these Lovecraftian Kraken like horrors on one side, and then the backside of the clock on the other, and he's oh like going to try and dig into it. Oh it's just God. like. Yes, Jeff. Okay, I might have to cut all this out because I think we're gonna write a movie yeah, or something yeah. gonna happen because that's such a good idea. Um, fuck, where we're? Oh, it's, he trades live with this guy. 
Booby tassels. Booby tassels. Booby tassels. Okay, I'm back. Blobbity bloobity blah. Um, Rotwing. So this is where we get the sun is. What I was gonna say is this this like Sisyphusian task. It's all that. Yeah. The whole thing is Sisyphus. It's like roll your boulder up, and in mm-hmm. ten hours someone's gonna come and continue Take to roll boulder. the boulder. Yeah. It's just the fucking nature of the modern industrialized world, which is scary. That we've built a world that mimics the most horrible punishments the ancient worlds could think of. Right. Um. But the the end of it, dude. Freighter's sp- howl at the end of that machine is like Christ on the cross. He says, "Father, Father, will ten hours never end?" Yep. And he's wailing this as he's trying to haul up one arm to just get one more light, and then here comes his replacement. Yep. And what you realize is it's like it's Christ's sacrifice, but as shift work with an mm, entire population. He's got this to do again tomorrow. And, and I have so little, being, I have so little um, sympathy because I just wrote, oh, lol, after a hard 10-hour day, call me after like a 14. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Dude, get me on a, a clumping, motherfucker. Yeah, my I'm, winery I'm in the comment, shift is 9.30. I'm in the, That's a lot. Uh, yeah, it That's is. a lot on your feet, I'm on. I'm in the comment section in Metropolis. And pouring wine's a lot. You know, like, just being a troll, like, wine a bit more, noob, you know. <laughs> Oh, Nepo, baby. I had to do a 10-hour shift. <laughs> must be your first day. They let you go early. Oh, yeah. What did you get first cut? 10 hours? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love... Don't worry. You were 25% accurate with your clock. Yeah. <laughs> get good. Get good. <laughs> get good and come back later. <laughs> but, um, oh, my God. And just... Sorry. Just no, like yeah. Because in, in like... I been slowly as I've gotten older I've been enjoying like like little simulator games more or like games that are just real life like on the th- like, like lawnmower simulator yes, and shit? yes. Yeah. or like like there's one called Mon Bazo where it's a Canadian guy he's got a trailer and, and he's got you gotta go chop wood and deliver pizzas so you can get a better car so you can chop more wood and yeah. be- deliver more pizzas and it's like really fun so you must like, love Stardew Valley I was gonna say I, Stardew Valley it's I, like built for you man I've had to I've, I haven't allowed myself because I know I'll lose myself it'll yeah. be like the end of my life it's it's an okay sort of losing it yourself because it's a beautiful game. Three months, you know, it's I a know. gorgeous game. I love the, game. Sc- the soundtrack is amazing. I, I was so, Bird started playing it and like for the first like week I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then eventually. <laughs> I'm making plants and yeah, she's like, well, I'm, I'm watering all my plants and then I'm going to go and break up this crystal with a with a thing and here come some bats and I'm hitting it with an, with a insect head and I'm like, this game is nonsense. But then one week later I would catch myself for like two hours just watching yeah. Bird play it and yeah. I'm like, no, no, she she's the one you're made the, she you wants, made the pie for that. Yeah, exactly. She and wants don't the forget to pie. get your sap. You have to get the sap from your tree. And then I'm like, I gotta. It's stop four o'clock. This. Yeah. The shop closes at four. You've yeah, got to go now. Go to town. Yeah. If you now. don't go to bed now, you're gonna have to eat extra tomorrow to make yeah. up for the energy that because you didn't get enough sleep. We have to go to bed. It's like one o'clock in the morning for real. We have to stop. I love it. I love it. What was um, that? I was just watching something that my oh, I was watching a fucking. I, I never watch on the big TV. I always watch on my computer. But this day I was watching it on our main TV in the living room. I was watching a dog groomers set <laughs> backup, backup YouTube channel. See, the one where she happens. doesn't really talk yeah. much. And so I'm watching this and, and I just find it cathartic and a little yeah. unwindy and the cute dogs and whatever. Oh, my and, God. And my, these and are my, the dangers of capitalism. And my, and my wife is like, you know, why are you watching this? And like 15 minutes later, she's she's been standing in the living room the whole time going like, well, is that dog? Is he happy? Is he is he OK? Oh, he looks like he turned out good. I think his anxiety is OK. Let's watch another one. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, what yeah. are, you know, like I try, you know, fortunately, it's like little Just pieces. Birds, but Jesus. birds like Just mom not. and aunt both watch this woman who raises lambs. She raises uh, she has a bunch of sheep and she raises lambs for slaughter. 
and I'm like, oh, I could never watch this. And then I'm like, season three. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but this year the lamp, but that one had two lambs. And usually sometimes it's hard because she might have to make that, you know, get that lamb over to a surrogate parent. Because yeah. sometimes the parents, and then I'm like, why do I give a fuck about lambs? I will say there is an off ramp to this OCD kind of opiate for the masses entertainment we're talking about right now, where it does. Some, oh, we'll get back to that. It quote. does. It does kind of come full circle to this moment where like, then, you know, I'm, I'm watching the sixth guy build a log cabin with using 1800s tools for, cause he's fucking crazy. But then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go pick up some two by fours and mm-hmm. expand my shed. And I've been doing that. Like, so like, so there is this off ramp where you can go like, well, maybe I'm going to get a lamb and try to raise one. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I'm going to, you know, and it, it's what, what, and what I'm kind of getting at is this return to simple things, return to Hobbiton, you know, yes. like, as it were, where there is this, where I, I feel like that kind of, not not the reality TV like the rich ladies of of Orange County or whatever, but this Stardew Valley sure other thing where it's like or oh, or return to simple things you yeah. know or return to things that you can f- do with your hands and feel satisfied. My brother sent me a meme the other day that like. Oh. It's 